our sermon, we're going to be picking up where we left off. Just last week, we started a new series uh, where we're looking at lessons that the American church could certainly stand to learn. Uh, Certainly, as we think of the American church, the church in any part of the world, uh, it it naturally has its own strength, but certainly its own weaknesses. And so that's true for any church. It's true for the American church, where we're certainly strong in some areas, but maybe there are other areas where we're a little weaker uh, and we can certainly stand to grow. And so we're looking at some lessons that we as the American church can certainly uh, stand to learn and and grow in those areas. And so today we're going to be taking a look at the matter of uh, really materialism. Uh, or as Jesus puts it, not storing up earthly treasures. So we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew looking at uh, some of Jesus' teaching there. Uh, but this is certainly uh, something that uh, is a huge part of our culture, the culture that really surrounds us. If we think of the wider American culture, it's a culture that's steeped in materialism. As we think of the world around us, right, uh, we're bombarded daily with the message in a sense that all we need is to acquire more things. Whether you turn on the TV and it's advertisement after advertisement uh, or wherever we are, you know, radio all over the place. We're bombarded with ads saying things are what life is all about. If only you could acquire the latest flashy new car or the latest smartphone or a bigger house, that will answer your problems. That will bring you joy in life or that will bring you a sense of security. All around us, we sort of have that message that's being sent Uh, That the wider culture around us is certainly buying into that life is about stuff. Life is about things. It's about acquiring wealth and all the things that wealth uh, can buy us. And that that's sort of where we're going to find joy in life. That's where we're going to find contentment in life. That's where we're going to find a sense of security. If only we have a nice retirement account or a big savings account, there's security in that. Uh, and certainly there is wisdom to saving for retirement and all of those things. But the world around us, the culture around us wants to make life all about that, all about the materialistic things. And of course, we know better. Intellectually, I would say we know better. We realize life isn't about things and abundance of possessions. Life is about the Lord. It's about God. It's about serving him faithfully. But I think even within the church, even for those of us who not just do we identify as Christian, but we truly do belong to Christ. We have true saving faith in him. Even for us, I'd say it's all too easy to sort of fall into the trap and and buy into, to some extent, uh, the message of the culture around us and live our lives in many ways. Uh, sort of centered on things and possessions, this materialistic mindset of life becomes about a house and a car and vacations and so forth and so on. And I think we all too easily buy into that mindset, that trap. And so I think it's important for us as part of the American church, I'm not saying for each and every one of us here at New Hope Chapel, we, you know, that this is something we necessarily struggle with. But I'd say generally as the American church, we are a church that all too often buys into that materialistic mindset uh, and we fall prey to it. So I think it's an important thing to talk about. And as I mentioned, we're going to look in Matthew. You can open up your Bibles there and flip there now. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's chapter 6 in Matthew, and we're going to be reading verses 19 through 21, and then we'll also jump to verse 24 as well. And so this is Jesus teaching. As I said, I sort of set the context already. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. So he's teaching to those who gathered around him. And here's what he says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy 
A lot of translations, maybe yours has mods and rust. That's sort of an old translation that certainly has been around for a long time. Probably vermin is a better translation uh, of, of what's in mind here. It's, it's mods or other bugs or, or whatever might sort of eat and consume and destroy things rather than rust. So I think the NIV has a good translation here. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where mods and vermin destroy. Right, so what is Jesus saying here? Uh, we'll sort of flesh this out a little bit more as we go on. But he's saying, plain and simple, don't have that materialistic mindset. All too often, the mindset of the world as well, what's life about? It's acquiring possessions and, and toys and fun things, and they'll bring you joy and life and security and, and a sense of peace. That's the mindset. And Jesus is saying, don't buy into that. Don't foolishly store up treasures here on earth. And he gives in a sense of a very common sense reason why. Don't store up treasures on earth because ultimately those are things that perish. They're things that are susceptible to destruction, to consumption, to being destroyed, perishing, right? Ultimately, none of those earthly treasures and possessions are of any lasting, eternal weight or value, right? You're not going to take that with you into eternity. It will be of no benefit to you there. And so in a sense, the benefit or enjoyment of these earthly treasures that people store up, it's fleeting. It's not very long-lasting. It's short-lasting. And ultimately, there's no great or, or any real, period, end of story, lasting value to it from an eternal perspective. So he says, right, don't foolishly store up these pointless, worthless, perishing earthly treasures, but... Rather, this is verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Right again, sort of in sense, common sense, not that, that the world buys into the common sense here that Jesus is talking about. We say, don't foolishly, right, don't, don't store up these earthly treasures that are of no real lasting value, but what's the wise treasure to store up? Here, what he has in mind, this heavenly treasure, heavenly treasures that he speaks of, it's the eternal life that we have in God, that we have in Christ. And so he's saying to, to the people before him, in a sense, there, there are two paths before you, right? You can choose the path that the world often wants to go in, which is to make your life all about possessions. To let that be, in a sense, functionally your God, that's your idol, money, greed, right? And go after those things. And, you know, you might have some degree of, of fleeting pleasure resulting from that in this life, but it's of no great value to you. It's of no value, period, to you because it, it will have no lasting impact. It has no impact in eternity, right? It's of no value there. It is something that perishes that you cannot take with you into eternity. But rather, there is a treasure that has true value that isn't just valuable for a little span of time while you're here on earth, but is of true eternal value, eternal weight. It's something that cannot perish, that doesn't go away, that cannot be destroyed or stolen or consumed in any way. It's this eternal life that we have in Christ, and it is sure, it is secure. And so he says, right, the wise person is going to store up that heavenly treasure that's a true treasure, that's eternal, that cannot be taken away in any way, rather than storing up that perishing earthly treasure. And so he says, don't store up that earthly treasure that's of no real lasting value, but store up the true heavenly treasure, eternal life in Christ, store up that heavenly treasure, and it's a treasure that in no way can be taken away from us, in no way perishes. And so just basic wisdom would say, seek after that treasure rather than the treasure that's of no real value, the earthly treasure. And then verse 21, this is awfully insightful, of course, it's Jesus, he's God, of course, he's going to be insightful, uh, statement that he closes with here, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? In a sense, if you want to know where someone's heart is, right, really, where does their heart lie? 
just look at where their treasure is. Where are they busy storing up treasure? What do they make their lives all about? Are they all about storing up possessions, material possessions, earthly treasure? Well, then that's where their heart is. That, that's, that's what their heart goes after. That's their idol in their life. But rather, if someone is building up heavenly treasure, is seeking after God and the true, true treasure that's in him, if ever, someone is about God and heavenly things, well, where is that person's heart? Of course, with the Lord on heavenly things. Right? So if you want to know where someone's heart really lies, what's really in their heart, just look at what they've made their lives all about, where they're building up and storing up their treasure. And then Jesus goes on. I'm going to jump here now to verse 24. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Right, again, making very clear, in a sense, I've already sort of stated this, but that, that he's laying before the people here two paths. And you can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. Right, you can't say, well, I want to be all about money and serve money, and that'll sort of be my functional God in a sense. But also, I, I believe in you, God, and I want to serve you and sort of have both at the same time. Jesus is saying that that's not the way it operates. Right, you have to choose. You can only have one master, and there are sort of two paths he's laying before the people he's teaching. He's saying, you can either be all about earthly possessions and storing them up uh, and trying to seek after joy and contentment and security and peace in life in those things. You can either be all about that, and that can be your master. Money, greed, that can be your God, your master, and you can serve that. There's a foolishness in that because it's not going to offer you anything from an eternal perspective, but rather you will perish eternally so, just like all that you're trying to store up that is not going to last. Or, he says, you can serve the true master, right? You can't serve both, either money or the true master, God himself. You can seek after him, seek after the true eternal treasure that's in him, receive that true treasure in him through Christ, through what he's done for us on the cross, of course, personally received through faith in him, true repentance and faith in him, and we can receive that, that true treasure of eternal life in Christ, in God. In a sense, we've got to pick and choose. We're not going to be able to serve two masters. And I think all too often as Christians, and I mean genuinely as Christians, who've chosen to seek after God, who've chosen that true treasure in Him of eternal life, I think there are times in which we're tempted to say, we still kind of want to have it both ways a little bit. Right? I think we do that in all aspects of our lives. Right? We're not perfect. Right? And we know we still fall short and we still sin. And I think in the areas in which we sin, there's still sort of that mindset of we still sort of want to have it our way a little bit to some degree. Lord, you're our God, and that's genuinely true, and that's what's in our hearts. But there's still sort of this sinful side of us that says we still sort of want to serve the sin in our lives to some extent. Sort of, God, can I sort of serve you as the main one in my life, but sort of on the side here, can I still sort of indulge in my sin, do sort of my thing on the side? And of course, to that, Jesus is saying, no, that's unacceptable. We can only serve one master, not two. Uh, and I think we all too often fall prey to that and sort of want to try to juggle both at the same time and say, God, you're my all, you're my everything, but I still like money. Money's nice to have. It makes things easier. It makes life a little more comfortable to have a nice house, a nice car, to have the money to go on vacations, to be able to purchase all sorts of wonderful luxuries. It's just nice. It's a blessing. And it is a blessing from the Lord. Uh, but we shouldn't be serving that. We shouldn't be about the business of hoarding wealth so that we can seek joy and, 
and contentment in those things. We ought to be seeking joy in the Lord. We ought to have our security and contentment in Him. And He may desire to bless us financially, and there can be a great enjoyment in that blessing, to be sure. But we can't be serving money as though that is sort of an idol in our lives. But rather, we need to take a look at our wealth and say, Lord, ultimately, all of this is yours. You're my God. I serve you and you alone. And anything that I have, any possession I have, it's truly yours. And I surrender it to you to use however you see fit in service to you, in service to your kingdom, for your glory. And Jesus talks a little bit more on this subject and says a lot of the same things, but I still want to read it for us, even though it's awfully similar, because there are still some significant nuances and distinctions here. Uh, I'm going to flip to, to Luke. This is chapter 12. You can flip there with me. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 32 through to 34. And here's what Jesus says in this passage. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And again, as I read that, uh, there's a lot of overlap, uh, sort of reiteration of of much of what he said in in the passage in Matthew. But he does say here, and I'll just read it for us quickly in verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Right? This is what should very naturally flow out of the heart. The heart that says, Lord, uh, the two masters set before me, I choose you, not money. I'm not going to store up earthly treasure. I'm not going to be about doing that as though my life is all about things and material possessions and wealth. My life's all about you. You're my master. You're my God. And I'm not going to store up that earthly treasure, but instead I'm storing up this heavenly treasure that I know I have in you. Right? The heart that has that mindset then lays that, that person, will lay all of his possessions at God's feet and say, I'm going to use and leverage all that you have blessed me with, Lord, in service to you, in service to your kingdom, for your glory. And the result of that, part of that, will be certainly things like giving to the church and, and supporting ministry. But a big part of that is going to be, as Jesus says here, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Right? Rather than hoarding up our, our own wealth because it's all about me and possessions and what I want, the, the heart attitude that has uh, gotten rid of that mindset and said, I'm not going to store up earthly treasures, but rather my heart is for the Lord and I have treasure in Him. The person who has that mindset is going to take his wealth and lay it at God's feet and say, whatever you want me to do with this, I'm going to do it. And part of that is going to be given to those who are needy. Uh, who are poor, who, who have all sorts of needs in life. And the reality is we live in a world where there are an awful lot of needs and, and financial needs, right? We live certainly in an affluent country, and so we may not always see it all around us, though it is certainly present, but we're here in Westboro. We're pretty well off here. Uh, though you don't have to go far, you can go into Worcester, and there are people who have great need, great financial need. Um, you could go all over the world where there are people who are starving very literally, not just starving in the sense of they're very hungry, as we might use the word casually, but very literally starving to death where they have nothing. They don't have the basic needs of food or clean water or shelter. They have none of it. They don't know where they're going to get their next meal from. They have to hike miles and miles to get to some clean water. They don't have any shelter. And the reality is that's just all over the place throughout the world. It may seem far away because, oh, a lot of that's in another country or it's in in an inner city where it's not here in suburban Westboro where we're a little more affluent and well-off. But the reality is that it is all over the place. 
And if we as Christians really want to live out what God's calling us to in regard to money, thinking of what Jesus is speaking here, that we shouldn't be all about storing up earthly treasures. But as we think of our wealth, first of all, we shouldn't think of it as ours. We should recognize, well, this is, this is really God's, and we're just faithful stewards of it, or hopefully faithful. We've been, been put in the position of stewardship over the resources God's entrusted to us, and hopefully we're going to be faithful in that regard. But we're not about storing up earthly treasures for ourselves, but we should have a heavenly mindset. We should have our eyes focused on God, having given our lives to Him, and say, Lord, all these resources that you've entrusted to me, it, it's not merely for my benefit and enjoyment. He certainly does bless us with financial blessings in part for our enjoyment and, and, and that we might be blessed by it personally. But he also blesses us financially so that we can go and be a blessing to other people and use those resources and service to others to help those who don't have all of the resources that we have been blessed with. And if we really want to live that out faithfully, then what that's going to look like in our lives is that we're going to, in a very radical way, and if we think about it, this is what the church lived out early on in the history of the church. So it's not just, oh, this is some ideal Pastor Steve is talking about, but who really lives this way? Uh, does anybody really faithfully live this out? And the truth is, it was what was lived out in the early church, that when there was anyone who had a need, you can read about this in Acts, when there's anyone in the church there who had a need, what did people do? Well, they went and sold their possessions. They'd sell a farm or some property or whatever. Out of their resources, they would give to the church to be able to help that person who was in need. And there was sort of no, no thought to it. It was just automatic. They had this love for God. They knew that they had been blessed with possessions and resources. And what was God expecting them to do? Well, nothing other than to use those, not for their own good and enjoyment purely, but rather to serve God and, and to serve God, God by serving others and to giving toward those who had a need so that they might be a blessing to those uh, who had that need, who had that, that impoverished state. And we see poverty all around us. And I think all too often in the American church, the reality is we're guilty of all too much storing up earthly treasures for ourselves. And I know that there's sort of there's a tension because we are called to be wise and, and good stewards. And, and we do need to save for retirement and think about those things. There's a place for wisdom and all of that. But there is also a place for radical generosity and faithfulness to God in this command to help the needy, to help the poor. And there are so many people all around us who are hurting. And I think uh, we're just all too slow to really have a true heart for those people. Um, and we're all too slow to really, in a great and generous and radical way, give uh, to them, to help them in their uh, great need. And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, if we think about, I'll sort of use the extreme example, but if you think of people in other countries where they literally, as I mentioned before, have, have virtually nothing. They don't know where the next meal is going to come from. They truly don't. They're starving to death. And I'm not just talking adults. I'm talking little children as well. And I'm talking brothers and sisters in Christ as well who are in this state. And I think the reality is if we're honest with ourselves, we're all too unfazed by it. And sort of content just to not really think too much about it. Not really act in any way to sort of care for those people or our brothers and sisters in Christ even who are in that, that great hour of need. Uh, and it's, it's just not the mindset that we should have to be sort of apathetic toward it. But rather we should be broken over the fact that there are people who are uh, in a situation of great need. And to recognize that we, even if we don't think of ourselves as wealthy, right? Even the, the poorest amongst us here by global standards are living in the lap of luxury. That's the reality. Even for us who struggle financially compared to other people, we're doing awfully well. 
And God has put, that, put us in that position to be able to be a, a real great blessing and to care for those who don't have all that we have. And I would say that God is calling us to a great and, and radical extent of giving of our resources to help those in need. Brothers and sisters in Christ, others in the world who don't know the Lord, and we can give to them and in doing so serve God faithfully and be a witness for Christ. And so I just want to challenge us. Um, to really take this command and this matter that Jesus talks about in, in Matthew chapter 6 awfully seriously. It's all too easy, even as Christians, to be busy storing up earthly treasure. And I think um, we often use the excuse of, I'm just being wise, I'm saving for retirement, I'm doing this, doing that. And there's truth to that, but I think we often hide behind those things and make excuses when the reality is we're just unconcerned and, and we don't care all that much about the hurt in the world and all of the poverty around us. And we're just busy hoarding for ourselves. I just want to challenge us to see the, the need all around us, to recognize that God has called us not to store up earthly treasure, but to store up heavenly treasure, to seek after the Lord, the treasure that's in Him, and to live in light of that, and, and as true followers of God, to have a true heart for those who are needy, a true heart for those who are broken and, and, and poor and impoverished. It's certainly the heart that Christ had for an impoverished world, whether we're talking materialistically impoverished or even thinking of us in our spiritual poverty. God is a God who cares for those who are impoverished. He cared for us in our spiritual poverty, separated from him so much so that he loved us so much that he came, suffered, died on a cross for us. And we should have that same type of heart and love and care for those who are in need and reflect that Christ-like love and give of ourselves in great ways, financial ways and other ways, to care for them in their hour of need and reflect that Christ-like love and be a blessing to them. So I just want to challenge us to, to no longer store up earthly treasure. Yes, there's wisdom and saving for retirement and so forth and, and you know, for, for unexpected things that may come in life. Do that, but there's wisdom in that. But also don't be busy storing up earthly treasure, but rather seek after God, after heavenly treasure in Him, and use all the financial resources that God has blessed you with to be a blessing to others, to serve Him faithfully and care for people in their hour of need. Amen. And let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this teaching in, in Matthew and in Luke. This teaching from you, Lord Jesus, and it's something that we can certainly stand to hear. Uh, we have been blessed abundantly in this country. Even for those of us who may not realize it, we might not think of ourselves as, wet, as wealthy, at least by American standards, but certainly by global standards, we are. And may we not buy into the cultural mindset around us to be busy acquiring and hoarding and storing up earthly treasures. We're not going to find true joy in that. We're not going to find peace or security in that. Those things are truly found in you and in you alone. But may we seek after you, heavenly treasure in you, and having a heart for you and a heart for the people all around us, Lord. May we use all of the financial blessings that you have poured out upon us to give to the needy, as you spoke of, Lord Jesus, in Luke chapter 12 here. May we have a burden and a heart for those who do not have much, who don't have food, who don't have clean water, who don't have shelter, who don't have all sorts of basic necessities. 
And may we recognize the privileged position that you have put us in, the blessings, the wealth you've given to us, and out of that abundance, may we give radically and generously and care for the least of these, as you have cared for us, the least of these, Lord. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.